With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it's Neil here. Just want to tell you about my new podcast. Beautiful pull down by Bergkamp! It's All Qatar to Me is the new daily podcast all about the funny side of the 2022 World Cup. And volley in, and it's there by David Platt. If you enjoyed It's All Euro 2020 to Me, and you want to hear more of me and Statman Wes and special guest, The King, then this is the podcast for you. Oh, how about that? To listen, just search for It's All Qatar to Me in your podcast app and press the follow button to get a new episode every day throughout the tournament. It's a great run by Michael Owen and he might finish it off. Oh, it's a wonderful goal! Welcome aboard. Hello and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Danny Brothers and this week with no men's team game, I'm here to look ahead to this weekend's Women's FA Cup second round game as NTFC women travel to Wolverhampton Wanderers. To help me do that, I'm joined by Nick and Matt from the Wolves Women podcast. Welcome guys, how are you guys? How are you Matt? Thanks a lot. Yeah, very well, thank you. Good, good. Thanks for coming on and joining us to look ahead to this one. You're probably in confident mood ahead of the weekend, but we'll probably chat about that later. Um just to kind of get an idea, we don't usually do these um, preview shows for women's games, so it's really good to have a little bit of background on um, the opposition. Um, so from your point of view, like, can you tell us a little bit about the formation of Wolves women, how that's gone? Um, if, if I kick off, and Matt, do you want to drive in? Um, I, mean, sort of this, I mean, this is our second season now at uh, tier, four, uh, tier three of this stint. Um, obviously, we got promoted after the sort of the two COVID hit seasons. Um, and we've, you know, we're, I mean, last season we sort of, exceed our expectations to an extent we we were sort of hoping for a nice comfortable season we ended up winning the league so this is our sort of our, our stability season in if that makes sense in in this league and we're um i mean we we are in a free horse race i'd argue with um sort of burnley and forest for that top three yeah in those top three spots um matt yeah i think as nick said i think last season um 
similar to yourselves, obviously you've just had a promotion as well. We, we've mm-hmm. kind of got to embrace that underdog tag. And to start the season, I suppose you could say it was true. And then we were winning game, winning game, winning games. And then eventually, um, I think that pressure obviously starts to build. And this season, we can't really go with the underdog tag anymore. We're, we're the one to be, to be shot at now. Uh, so there is that pressure. You know, you've just said yourselves that we'd be in confident mood ahead of Sunday. So it's, it's a different kind of pressure now this season where we're expected to win these kind of games, uh, whether it's against teams in our own league or, or, or teams in the league below in the cup. Mm. So, so mainly it's been up and down between FA Women's National League North and Division One over the last sort of ten years or so. Um, last season, as you say, that you won the FA Women's National League North, um, lost out to Southampton in the playoff final because they won the South version of the league. If you want, um, Kelly Darby sent off for you um, in that game. So down to ten men, narrowly missed out one nil. Um, I just find it a little bit unfair. I don't know what you guys think that you win a league, you go through all of that. To, to win the title, but you still have to play a playoff to get into the into what would be the championship. That, does that is that frustrating for you? It, it it was something we addressed fairly early on, and I, I was going to say about sort of episode about five um, last season, and we were really clear. It didn't matter whether it was well, maybe bar the baggers, but it, basically anyone who won the Northern League and anyone who won the Southern, it was unfair on whoever that was who didn't go up. Full stop. Um, and I know when we talked to the, uh, the Southampton fans as well, they were of the same opinion. It didn't, you know, we, you've won your division, you should be being promoted. And I know it's uh, a sore spot across sort of many of the uh, the teams that there isn't that promotion, uh, that there isn't two promotion slots. I think it's something that the FA need to look at is that sort of full sort of, I mean, it needs to come from top down and you see expand the WSL and then sort of cascade it downwards into the, uh, you know, sort of, into the, the sort of tier threes or tier two, tier three and below um, and, and sort of really expand it. Yeah, I, th- I think we're probably the only women's team, I think, to have, have won a league in those higher levels and not actually be awarded with promotion, uh, which is bonkers, really. And to go from seeing the team win the league in early April, have these mass celebrations and then, you know, a, m- a month later, they're all crying at the end, you know, and... It got a lot of press coverage, which as much as we didn't think the playoffs should go ahead, it was great that a, a tier three game got this press coverage. But, you know, some Wolves fans that don't follow the women's teams, you know, we're, we're thinking that they'd actually let the, let the side down, let the club down by not winning that game. But little did they really know, actually, we won the league and this playoff final shouldn't actually be happening. And I can't remember what they what they called it now. Was it... Uh, Judgment Day, I think. Oh, so, years, it, didn't they? It was, <laughs> it, it was something. Yeah, yeah, it really was. I mean, so, I mean, that was, know, one, that was on BBC, right? The, the final as well. Yeah, yeah. BBC, I, uh, BBC website had it, um, and yeah. I mean, I know. I mean, we we only lost one game that se- last season. I think Southampton was similar, um, but I mean, at one point, both us and Southampton were on a course for for no defeats all season, and the thought of either team not losing a single league game, getting to a getting to that game and losing one game, especially if you, you know, the, I mean, the Southern team, I personally, I think the Southern League is a, is a weaker league than the Northern League. So you could find a team that sort of lost a couple of games, won the Southern League, and then just fluked a win against the Northern team that gone all season without losing, or vice versa for that matter. Um, and you just, it just doesn't, doesn't stack up. just doesn't stack up. It was... It's mad. It it does seem really like um, your manager <clears throat> Dan McNamara will come to him and maybe he said it's the game that shouldn't exist. That's what he, like he keeps referring it 
to it as um, says it's disgraceful needs, needs looking at is has there been anything since then like pressure on the FA pressure on anyone to to change that to change how it works because I assume it's the same this season right yeah we've had I think we've had a statement from the National League themselves saying that they're pushing and they've I think they've essentially requested haven't they to um, to get it removed uh, but I don't think it's something that's imminent I think there's reviews going on um, but these things where you expect it should be able to just in my head, maybe I'm naive. It feels like everybody could just get round a table and vote on mm. it there and then. But these things seem to take two, three, four, five years actually before yeah. they get it put into place, don't they? Yeah, you would you would think that, wouldn't you? Like that the the profile that the women's game's got for the last couple of years, you would think have a look at it and think it's this baffling, isn't it? It's it's mad. Put, putting a um, uh, trying to put myself in the FA's position. I think is where do you start and where do you stop because and what are the consequences. So let's say they do say, right, there's two promotion slots into the championship. Well, you therefore need two relegation slots out of the championship at the minute. Do you expand the championship to 14 teams? What's the impact on the Conti Cup, the FA Cup? And I think that the, I think there's going to, there's going to need to be a change in this, this expansion of the leagues. Um, and I think, because as we, as you just alluded to, Danny, that there's been, you know, there's much more interest in the games, I think, as Matt says, it's not something that we can that can unfortunately just be right. Let's expand. Um, there needs to be a sort of a, a holistic approach to it, unfortunately, which does mean it's going to take a little bit of time. Um, I, I would welcome a, a more um, stronger statement from the FA, um, saying we are going to get rid of it. It's going to take, you know, even if it was saying it's going to be as part part of a full review of all the leagues and cup competitions. We're going to get rid of that playoff, right, for, you know, a playoff game. I, I, to be honest, I don't think any of, us, any of us would mind having the playoff game to decide which is the best team of the tier three. Because like of course, community it, shield, wouldn't it? Though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's two divisions of one league. The the, the mm. women's national, yeah, the FA Women's National League will tell you. Um, so let us let you know keep the, the the big game, the celebration at the end of the season. You can present to the trophies in front of both sets of fans, play a game have a celebration of foot, women's football to have that final game. Um, but both teams know they're going up, so they're playing in a slightly different mood. So it's not, you don't have people crying at the end of it, um, having, you know, sort of, um, you know, losing that game. It, do, it doesn't matter if you lose in that the same way as if you lose a minute. But I think there needs to be a full review from top downwards and full expansion. And personally, I'd expect it will tie in with the review of the the, the renewal of the new of the current WSL TV deal because I think that's the linchpin that ties it all together but that's me speaking at, with it no I love that idea of the two champions coming together for, for a match and a celebration like you know going into it that you're just gonna have a massive party and see who the, like it becomes more of a yeah more of a party atmosphere doesn't it as well and it's like rather than it being you, you've lost one game and you you're ending the season like that it's it's must have been so painful for your players, the management team, and everything. But how how has that impacted the summer? Has as much changed over the summer and the start of the season as it made them just more determined just to to go again and to to have another go at it? Because as again, you, you come into this season and you think, you know, even if you win every single game of the season, there's still that one game that could go against you. How, how ment- mentally, how do you think that's been for them? Yeah, I think I think we debated this uh, in our own preseason podcast. We we thought, you know, there might be a bit of a hangover with that. Um, and they'd struggle at the start. I think our manager as well, you know, he was he was off in the summer doing his day job, um, impacted at the end of the season as well, actually. He wasn't there the last few games. Um, so he was off doing his day job in the armed forces and 
it meant I think things like signings and pre-season friendlies were quite disrupted. And I think me personally, we thought that might impact us a little bit. Um, we had a pre-season game against Ipswich where we struggled in and then the, the first game of the season, uh, we, we got a draw away to Liverpool Feds who themselves had just been promoted. So I did think at that point that we might struggle a little bit, but since then we've we've won nearly every game aside from um, the Burnley, the Burnley game who are always going to be a tricky opponent. So I think they've they've proved they've got the right mentality. It's mostly the same team with one or two additions in there and we back up there again and Last year we were kind of in a three-horse race, but it was with Fylde and Derby, and now it's repeating itself, but with uh, but with Forest and Burnley instead. Yeah, I think it's important to note that Macca was away for those last sort of couple, of, you know, sort of last month, six weeks of the season. Um, you know, as as Matt said, he was doing his day job in the Royal Air Force um, with uh, out of out of area tour. Um, so that, I think that did impact the team as, at the end. Um, no disrespect to Carl, who came in and covered for him. It, it, it's not the yeah you know, they've got you know the team have got a relationship much stronger relationship with Maka. Um, obviously, having worked with him for several years, um, and as Matt said, yeah, we were concerned that 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 mentality, you know, the mentality that could come in that you you do struggle. But their, their mentality monsters are our players. I I genuinely believe that they don't. I mean, Maka will say it, they don't know when they're beaten. They don't. They'll keep going. Until the you know till the very end, um, and I think it was interesting that we you know it was we we lost to Burnley, but then we bounced back again with a really tough one um, 0 victory. I mean everyone sort of went, oh Wolves have struggled against Bolton. No, 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 that was doing Bolton a disservice because they they'd gone in and done their game plan well, and since since that game, Bolton have really started to pick up the points as well. So I think it was, we caught Bolton at just just on that cusp, and I think it shows as well. Mm. Uh, going back slightly, um, I wanted to touch on this with um, with Dan McNamara, your manager. Um, as you say, balances the women's team with RAF duties as the aircraft engineer. Missed the playoff final. I think I read an interview where he said he didn't want to tell the players just because he knows he like he didn't want to think about going for the title and what, like he could, couldn't picture them being in the playoff final or or anything like that. And he knew this was coming up for him. So he, he kept going on and on, like leaving it and leaving it as long as he could before he told the players what was happening. And But you, st- you still sort of fought your way to the to the end of the season and fought your way to the playoffs. Um, what, I mean, there must be a lot of transferable skills with, with this, with the REF and everything. It must, be, it must make the mentality of the squad coming from the top, I'd imagine, pretty strong. Yeah, I mean, we've got a real strong connection with the arm, with the armed forces because also our goalkeeper coach Hugh is is in, is in the services as well, um, and both Hugh and and Maka and Carl who came in and covered were are involved in the the area uh, involved with the UK armed forces team. So I think there's that there is that sort of transferable skills, but also that sort of they're involved in that that day to day management of football um, as well. And I think yeah, Maka is very good. At trying to take the pressure off his players, um, and sort of take have everything focus on him, uh, yeah, sort of take, leave them to play the football. I'll take, I'll absorb that sort of stuff, and um, which I think it's helped them because I think then, yeah, they also wanted to make sure then when it got towards the business end, they the players wanted to make sure it was done for Maka, um, which why we, I mean, he, I think his last but one game was the game that they won the league, and then. We played at Molyneux, which was his last game before he went uh, out of area, and um, yeah, he, he yeah, I think it helped him hugely. 
And I think it was the right decision to hold off from telling them. If I, if I remember right, Nick, I think it was, was it around the new year? I think he was informed about it, wasn't it? And yeah. at that point, you know, we, we, we had a good number of games in hand, but we were, we were below Derby and I think below filed in the league as well. So it was only around March time that we started actually pulling away um, at the top of the league. So it was, we were right in the, in the midst of, of that title battle at that point. It was also a bit of a, we'd had that bumpy spell as well around that new year. We'd lost the Forest and the FA Cup. We then sort of <coughs> won in the County Cup the next game, but that, which, yeah, t- I mean, yeah, County Cup, let's not even go there. Um, <laughs> had Christmas um, and then lost the Feds in the, sort of in the new year. That was the first game back of the season, uh, yeah, sort of after Christmas. We'd lost the Feds on penalty, on penalties in the League Cup. So I think it wasn't, a, the, I think if we'd been winning games at that point, you could have eased it out that at some point, you know, you could, you could have eased it out and let players gently know. But at that point, I think it could have been quite easily sent us off the rails, especially as we weren't at that top and comfortable, but as Matt said. Um, so I think letting them know a bit later was better for them. Mm. So you're coming into this game on a fair amount of good form. You've won the last, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games, eight or nine games since that Burnley game. Um, 19-0 against Chelmsley Colts, ladies. You, you didn't want to go there but I'm going to have to just because we had a similar situation at the weekend um, County Cup as, as I say 19-0 <laughs> we've had a similar not quite so much not quite 19 but we've had a similar big win in a very very similar competition County Cup over the weekend I mean, what do you make of it? Yeah I, 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 I said in our podcast last night um, I, I respect the traditions of, of these kind of cups the history behind them but Right now, the format with the quality of teams that enter at different points is it just makes a farce of it, isn't it? When we're there's so much good going on in the women's football right now, and that doesn't grow the game. I think the best kind of reflection I see of it um, is seeing Wolves fans who don't follow the women's team instead of them looking at our close games against Nottingham Forest, our kind of thrilling games in the league, they're the ones that they see and take notice on. I think we've seen it with the England team. They don't look at our close games against Germany and Spain in the Euros. They talk about when we beat Latvia 20-0 and say what a laughing stock he was. That's the issue. So if we're trying to grow women's football and we want more and more people to value it in the same way that we do, we've got to minimise these things. And it's, it's striking that bright balance of giving teams from lower leagues the opportunity to play us and having their day out in the sun, if you like, and but also not allowing it to be a guaranteed fixture, which I think it is in the County Cup. It's, it's got to be something they earn through winning multiple rounds like they would in the FA Cup. Mm. There yeah. was, you were saying on the podcast, there's three of you, three tier team, three teams in your area with, they scored over 50 goals between them against tier seven and eight teams at the weekend. It just doesn't seem right, does it, somehow? It, it's not. Um, I think you could look at sort of either some sort of the, the, the seeding and sort of like the FA Cup where basically the tier three teams don't enter till um, t- round four. So basically, because cynically, I, I, I believe the FA do, County FA do keep us separate from the other tier three teams. So they've got a good final. Um, I, I can pretty much guarantee the, the semi-final will be Boldmere versus uh, Starbridge uh, or Boldmere or Starbridge versus Wolves or West Brom. And then it'd be Wolves-West Brom final. Great for the County FA the semi-finals are entertaining for the the, the, the the fans involved, but everything up to them is, is isn't great. Um, so you need to seed it so therefore uh, the the top three four teams don't enter till 
um, the end until round four, or you split it and say, well, actually, tiers six, seven, and eight play a cup competition between themselves. Tiers three, four, and five play a cup competition between themselves. So it, the games are a bit more competitive. You've got teams that are teams like well, Starbridge a couple of years ago, where who were a tier five team pushing for promotion into four and three. That gives them a, sort of that challenge against better teams. Um, and you get a bit more variety, but if as it is at the minute, it's it is just we're turning up, and it, it's damaging the game. It is damaging the reputation of the game. Mm. Yeah, we'll we'll leave that one there. I think it it does it seem to be happening all over the country from at this level. And the weird thing to me is that the the county cup seems to be prevalent. Like it's a priority over the league, over the league FA Cup. If a fixture's there, it has to be changed for the County Cup. It seems bizarre for that to happen. Um, but how big is this? Is the FA Cup for you? You went out last season four nil um, to Forest, but last weekend you put out a strong lineup. You, I assume you're going to put a strong lineup again this weekend. He seems to take the cups quite seriously. The manager expecting many changes for this one, or are you expecting just to just to go for it and try and get that fourth round game against a, a bigger gun? I, I think we'll go for it. I think we've. With the precedents being set, you know, against Shrewsbury, obviously a league below yourselves now, and we we probably played our strongest possible team that day. So uh, we expected them to, at the very least, play we play the fringe players, not necessarily the reserves, but those guys that are normally on the bench a lot. Uh, I do think we'll go with the strongest possible team. Wouldn't be surprised if there's a few changes uh, comparable to when we played you in the League Cup, um, but. He definitely takes it seriously. And, and for me personally, it's the most important cup, which is ironic because it's a cup that we've got no chance of winning compared to the League Cup or the County Cup. But it does feel, for us, it will feel like winning the cup if we were to get to the fourth round and play a WSL team because we it, we felt like we really missed the chance last year because if we'd have beat Forest and beat Stoke, teams that obviously go by league standings, we, we maybe should have beat last season. We, we would have had a... A, a nice big game against Manchester City. So we, we missed out on that last year. So I think we'll want to try and get that this time around. And I think the season before we had that great cup run, which we couldn't attend. So it's sort of the early rounds where we fans were there, but then the, the, the big games against Forest, which we won on penalties, uh, away to Watford and then at home to Blackburn, then of the champion or still of the championship, we couldn't attend. So that was the last really good cup, FA Cup run. So I think we all sort of want to have that, Good, good chance. I mean, I think, yeah, the team against Shrewsbury, bar maybe two changes, I could envisage three, maybe. Um, I, I think that with the team, you could probably put your money on it. Um, I think it'll be maybe a changing goalkeeper, um, and I think Destiny Toussaint will come in at right wing. But that'll be those with the two changes I'd be expecting to make if he's going to make any changes from that team that beat Shrewsbury. There's a bit. Have you ever been to the fourth round? Is it? Would, is that the? I'm trying to think whether it was fourth round when we lost to Blackburn. I think it was fourth round. We lost that was to Blackburn. the fourth yeah. round. Yeah, yeah. But, that's, that, but that's as far as yeah. That was the first time in a long time, wasn't it, that we got to the fourth yeah. round? Yeah, mm. yeah. But but again with the with the with the with the playoff game with with all the how well you've done last season, this season as well. It's another thing to lift your profile again. And to you just if you can get to that fourth round and get a big game and get the get the crowds. I assume you'd try and play that Molyneux, would you? Is that a, is that something that's happening? I'm not sh- sure whether he would. Yeah, go on, go on, Matt, I'll let that, you go. Sorry, we've we've had that debate a few times, haven't we? So I think that balance of 
okay, you've got a big, huge team here, but just as we've beat Shrewsbury 8-2, we'd, we'd probably lose 8-2 or, or worse against one of the top WSL teams. And it's, I think our management team, you know, as a club, they might be wondering, okay, is that what we want to put on there? But sometimes I think you've got to put the growth of it ahead of potential humiliation. And we, we were critical of Shrewsbury last week for not playing their game at the stadium. And I personally think a reason they didn't is because they knew they'd get get a thrashing. So they decided not to make it a big high-profile fixture that they could put at the main stadium in. Whether Wolves did the same thing if we were to play Chelsea in the fourth round, who knows? <laughs> we've got to get there first, haven't we? You have. You've got to get there first. Um, I think it. Would, I think it would depend. So I think it would depend who we got. I think if we were to get uh, Leicester, let's say, um, or maybe Palace, you know, champion, you know, sort of reasonably good championship team, bottom end WSL team. I think he, Maka would want to keep it at New Books Head because it's our make it our fortress. It's ours. It's okay. Yeah, it's Telford's, but it's that principle. It's, it's our our ground, um, and you could pack it out and make it a cauldron. Whereas, could you put? Yeah, you know, if we got, could we get thirty thousand into Molyneux again for less? You know, Crystal Palace women versus Wolves women. Not sure whether we could or couldn't, and therefore, what's that impact? Therefore, on, you know, playing in sort of in a half empty stadium. Um, and especially if we did lose, whereas if we played in a full stadium, cauldron and noise, magic of the FA Cup, we could cause an upset. Um, I mean, I think Blackburn's sort of best season in the Championship was that season where we played them um, and we gave them a good run for their money. Okay, we lost 5-2, if I remember rightly. Um, but we we barely played because of, of the, lock, the COVID lockdowns, whereas they had carried on training and playing through the, that period. Um, they were at that next well they were tier two at the time we were tier four so you sort of like that's the difference i think you put us against a, a mid-championship team at, at a new full new books head um that would be a slight if that would be an interesting matchup i think i think i'd put put good i'd put money on a wolves win actually to be fair it depends which team but a, a reasonable championship mid-table championship team i'd put money on a wolves win is it is this telford men's stadium is it yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So you'd have that kind of non-league feeling, I guess, wouldn't you? Of, of that when a non-league team comes up against a, a Championship Premier League team in the FA Cup, it, it gets that feel of the FA Cup, doesn't it? As well about it, that's that's a, it's an interesting sort of dynamic and question to have. But to get there, you got to get past the Cobblers first. Which, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, as I said at the start, you're fairly confident beating seven nil in pre-season, five uh, nil in the League Cup determining round which is an amazing name for a round we enjoyed that um what what did you make of us in those two meetings i don't know if you, if you went to the games or not i was there um it was i thought you were much better in the second half you came out far more organized i think we slightly took our foot off the pedal slightly in that second half as well but i think you were you, you got the sus of us by the second half and we were able to try and close us down and did give us a couple of hairy moments i think the, you know, no disrespect to, the, to Northampton, but I think the class and difference between sort of top of the the tier three and bottom of tier four showed um, that just the the player, the ability of the players, but also the the, the fitness levels because we've you know we're training at a Premier League training facility, making use of that. I think that was, that was the big differences. Um, we could bring on a player like uh, Ali, or we had Ali Miller play start for us, who come straight off the futsal pitch and she got that strength and skill to sort of 
which I think your players did struggle with. So in that first half, I think um, our speed they struggled with as well. Um, but as I said, I think second half, you really grew into it. Um, you got a couple of um, players there. That, is it the number eight? Um, your number eight is um, quite a good player. I was impressed with her. Um, obviously saw that you got uh, new is it Jade Bell who's just signed for you. She's just signed, Scored yeah. five goals. Yeah, yeah, five goals of the weekend. I think you're no pushovers, but I think it's that, that difference in in classes is, is is sort of not necessarily the right word, but you know what I'm getting. It's that difference in levels that we're obviously operating yeah. at. I, I guess you could say now as well, have, having played us twice in, in the friendly in that League Cup game, you've you've got a little model to work there for what did work in that goalie second half in the League Cup yeah. game, yeah. and where we have struggled at times this season already is when teams have really parked that bus when they've stayed right. very organised, and we've seen that in some of the league games uh, against Boldmere. In, in the league that, that Nick was alluding to early, where they, they, they held us out for 85 minutes and we didn't even get a lot of shots away in that time because of how organised they were. So hmm. regardless of the quality of the opposition, I think when any, any team stays very disciplined, stays very organised, it's always going to be tough. So I, if I remember right, that League Cup game, we scored very early. I think Ali Miller scored yeah. two goals in the first 10 minutes. So the longer you can keep us shut out, the, the more chance you've got of um, make it a cup upset. I, I, obviously, I do think that's unlikely, but you've, you've got a much better chance than uh, Chelmsley Colts had. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. What Matt alludes to, though, is, is something we also came across last season in the County Cup against Noel, who were Tiss, I want to say Tier 6 team. Um, but they, their, I mean, their pitch was similar to what you guys um, had at. You weren't at Harpole, it's the other play. The, the oh, other was it, was it Spencer, at. was it, we played at? Yeah. yeah. Um, similar sort of quality of pitch. Um, and But they part, they were really well organised for the first 45 minutes and, um, and going for, for a bit longer than that. Um, and in the end, we put um, a player called uh, Anna Price, Perks, um, who's more of a sort of, we either play a central defence or central midfield. We stuck her up on top. As a striker, and I remember sort of saying that cause somebody who hadn't been there, they went and they looked at me and were critical. Yeah, because we then lumped the ball into in at to her at the, for corners and crosses and just getting something onto her head. But they were really well organised, really disciplined. But once we broke through, once we scored, and they had to come out and try and if they wanted anything from the game, they had to open up, and that's when our pace got in behind them and got the got the further goals that we. You know, and that was that's the same with sort of a lot of these games where we've played where people have sort of been well organised like Boldmere. Once we get the first, you open, you have to come out. You either have to accept one nil defeat and just try and stay organised, or come out and have a go, and that opens yourself up to us. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some of your players and the standout to me when I was looking through it. Amber Hughes, twenty four in twenty eight games last season, top scorer again with fourteen this season, including a hat-trick in the first round of the FA Cup. Um, how important is she to you? And is there any concerns now with two really good seasons with you about her moving on? Mm, she, we, she's too good for us. No, she's too she? good for yeah. Tier 3. Um, mm-hmm. We got her, we're quite fortunate, I suppose, in that unlike Southampton, who obviously are pumping a lot of money into it, and therefore, you know, we see right now they're doing quite well in the Championship, aren't they? We're not pumping that same money in. We're giving support through the facilities and we're being as close to professional as possible in terms of how we approach things, but without actually pumping that money in there. So we're reliant on 
using the club badge, I suppose, and using local people, local players, and trying to sell the project to them. So when Coventry United, they turned professional last year, initially, uh, we managed to get a few of those, a few that are working in, um, as professionals, like teachers, to actually come down to Tier 3, and Amber Hughes uh, was one of them, along with, with, with Beth, Mer- Beth Merrick and Helen Dermody. Otherwise, I don't think we'd have had a chance of actually getting them. Um, Unfortunately, she came down to us uh, and scored 25-plus goals last season, and she's carried on that form this year. I think I was a bit concerned she might have gone in the summer, actually, after the the playoff disappointment, but we've we've still got her. If we don't get promoted this year, it all depends what her priorities are, obviously, in terms of her career and whether she wanted another shot at the championship. Um, With a semi-professional team in the area, we'd we'd have to see from that, but there's always that risk, isn't there? When you when you're doing well and when you've got these players that are far too good for your level, that they, they may move on. But long may she continue banging these goals in. Yeah, someone else you mentioned earlier, Destiny Tucson, just coming back from injury, came off the came off the bench to score four. I think at half came off the bench at half time, uh, scoring four in the second half. Um, you think she'll get another run out to as she eases back in this one? Yeah, I think. I mean, Mackie obviously played her for the second half against uh, Chelmsley, and she said she was scoring, scored four goals in forty-five minutes. Which doesn't matter what your position is to do that. Is I mean, that's she's quality, um, and that shows her quality. Um, I would anticipate her. Um, yeah, certainly play. I would anticipate her starting and playing somewhere between forty-five minutes and an hour, um, just to ease her in. Um, you know, you you know, you you guys aren't dirty or anything like that. So it's not likely that we're sort of at risk of her getting crocked again. Um, certainly not from a physical challenge. Um, and we need her to be game ready for the the Durham Sestra game. For the you know, to sort of if she can go full ninety minutes, then or at least go a good good hour plus, then that would be ideal. Um, because I think that's the the um sort of the the going to be a, a really difficult game there. Um. And they're a bit more physical, so having a ready, physically, her physically ready for that game is going to be key. So I think she'll get a good sixty minutes uh, in. Right. Anyone else we should be looking out for from your side of things? Player, I, I mean, I, I rate and and well, there's two players. I think I'll, I'll I'll name one. I think Matt will go for the other one. Uh, it's Tammy in midfield. Tammy George, um, she's just immense. She's a, she's a real sort of uh, quality player, and she likes to score worldies as well. Um, yeah. She, I mean, her goal against um, them lot down the road at their place last season was special. Um, chipping the keeper from about 40-odd yards out is is special. It makes it even more special in the Black Country Derby. Um, and she did, then did something similar in the final of the County Cup as well. Um, so, But she's a workhorse in midfield and will sort of create opportunities for others as well. Um, um, but yeah, that's, that's one of the, those sort of... Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go... Beth Merrick, kind of keeping up that theme of the forward options there. I think the three of them, Amber Hughes, Tammy George and, and Beth Merrick, sometimes their interplay when they're, when they're going forward is, is uh, brilliant to watch and not what you expect of Tier 3. Again, all three of those players um, could easily be performing at the Championship and obviously some of them have. Uh, I think with Beth, she loves cutting in from that inside. So if you allow her that space to cut inside, um, she normally plays left wing. If you give her that space to cut inside there and get a shot away, there's, there's a strong chance it's going in. Uh, but she's a uh, dribbling ability is great. Sometimes last season you, you, you won't see this on Sunday, but sometimes they even played her in central midfield at times because getting the ball off her is very difficult. She can get herself out of tight spaces, um, and he had dribbling ability and, and like I say, shooting. 
she's probably got one of the more powerful shots in the team, hasn't she, Nick? Mm, yeah, def- no, definitely. And she's a yeah, she she she's certainly a very crafty winger as well. And they will switch, so her whoever's on the right will sometimes switch with her, so they, they switch the wings. So, so as your your fullbacks have got used to one set of wingers, they they get another one to, to get used to, and yeah, it doesn't help them. Yeah. Um, coming on to you very, very quickly as a as a podcast as well. How, how long have you been going? You said it's you had episode four not too long ago. But so, how did the podcast start? How did how did you get all into that? So this is our second season. Um, we started at the beginning of last season with promotion into tier three. Um, there was a lot more obviously interest around the, the sort of the walls sort of um, women's team sort of back end of or sort of round COVID time, sort of just before COVID going through the COVID seasons um, and the group of us thought it would be a good opportunity to shine just sort of whilst sort of the other podcasts that cover Wolves, um, both sort of professional ones and sort of, you know, like, like ourselves, uh, fan run ones, would touch on it very, you know, sort of last couple of minutes of a pod. There was nothing dedicated to Wolves women. So we thought it'd be a good idea to just try and do something dedicated to Wolves women, give somebody, you know, give people um, a sort of an opportunity to hear more about what's going on there in the club and help sort of grow the sort of the profile of Wolves women. That's great. It's, it's, it's so good to see a club that's you've got a dedicated podcast specifically for them. Um, how, how much in terms of the Wolves as a club have bought into to yourselves and to the women's team in general? Has that gone up the last couple of years as well? So I'll, I'll speak for about sort of ourselves. We have a good relationship with Wolves. Obviously, we're unofficial. Um, so therefore, whilst, yeah, so if we want... Um, so, for example, um, Anna Price scored a hat-trick on Sunday and none of us could remember if she'd ever done it before, so we won't ask the club. Have they done, have she, and, and they were able to come back and give us the stats. And So that sort of relationship's there, but we are very much uh, an unofficial, you know, unofficial and therefore they do sort of, you know, if we want to talk to any players or anything like that, we have to go through the club's sort of formal channels like that. So there is a sort of a, a we are very much arm's length for them, um, but we have a good working relationship with them, um, which, yeah, is great. Um, as to the wider sort of club, Matt, I'll, I'll let you sort of touch on that. Yeah, in terms of the wider club uh, and growing as as a fan base, I think we've seen with Wolves getting um, much more successful. I think in previous years, we were a bit of a yo-yo team, weren't we? Um, going between tier three, tier four, sometimes even struggling to get back up again. So we have seen the fan base grow. And that's one of the reasons they decided to, to make the move um, to Telford as well. Uh, at times, we've seen that... Um, that support, I think, go up and down a little bit. Towards the end of last season, we were getting five, six hundred. Um, I think for our promotion, uh, not promotion game, the, the league winning game, what should have been a promotion winning game um, against Sheffield, we got a lot of fans in there. So we are getting bigger numbers, and I think that goes hand in hand then with having a, a dedicated podcast. Uh, I know recently, Nick, didn't we? We had uh, we, we had Maka messaging, so it clearly shows that he's he listens to the odd podcast as well. So. You wouldn't get that, I don't think. You know, I don't think we'll get uh, June and Lopetegui listening to, <laughs> to to some of the to some of the Wolves podcasts about the men's team. So it's it's nice when it's I suppose it's quite close and personal like that, and mm. that's the experience you get at the games as well. You know, you're able to go and approach the players and the coaches stuff and give a fist bump and, and, and have a little conversation with them too. So it's there's a nice community feel around it, which is quite special, really, considering it is a it is a big football club as a whole. Yeah, I mean, and I suppose the wider sort of support that we saw, you know, is 
Um, obviously, we t- as we touched on, they utilise the same facilities as the men's, um, same sort of medical supervision. Um, I think the prime example for that for me was um, back around August time, we had sort of August Bank Holiday Sunday, we played away at Huddersfield, and then on the Tuesday, we're away against Stoke. Um, uh, and sort of the, there was a nice bath in the changing rooms ready for them. And then when they, um, as they came off the picture against Huddersfield, and then on the Monday, they were in the um, cryo chamber, sort of getting their, and having their legs all sort of massaged and all sorts of weird and wonderful things that the male players obviously all go through um, so, to get, you know, on those short turnarounds. And therefore the women's, yeah, that the, they were going through that. And we got really good insight. They were doing sort of whole bit media spin around it, which was great to see. Um, I think, there had, I mean, as Matt said, there's been an increase this year. Yeah, we sort of keep a sort of running total. And we're sort of averaging about 500, 525 at the minute for league games this season attendance. Um, we averaged 400 last season um, in the league games. So you can see that sort of jump. And that's with moving away from Wolverhampton into Telford. Um, I think there's um, there is more the club can do. I don't, you know, I think they're not, I think, I think a lot of the issues at the minute around the club, it sort of, it's some, you know, it, it seems to be a sort of standard theme of communication. It, we, we seem to sort of um, comms engagement doesn't quite seem to be there. I think there's a bit more that they they could do with sort of that promotion. I mean, you, I don't know what North Northampton got games at the minute in general, haven't they? Mm, so, yeah. but unlike yourselves, we our men's team are obviously off, but we're seeing more tweets about the the, the World Cup. Um, and what's what's on sale this week or today and Black in Black Friday week than we are about the women's team. So I think there's a bit still of work there to be done um, to sort of carry that work on. But I think that's it's growing and it's improving. I think demonstrated with the attendances. We, we seem to be one of those clubs at the minute. We only really pluck the women's team when it's against West Brom, and then they'll, <laughs> they'll go to town. Then you know there'll be tweet yeah, after yeah. tweet after tweet, and then all of a sudden it's it's forgotten about. <laughs> I mean, they did do a really good social media spin around that. That was it was rather entertaining. And unlike other clubs, which put out the provocative uh, tweet before the game, we saved it till after the game. We had um, <laughs> it's worth trying to dig out if you can. Beth Merrick's sort of little celebration, sort of that, which was kept for. I, I think she was just messing around in front of the camera, but they clipped it up really nicely. And sort of after the game, there's just her sort of doing the, the little shooting sort of yeah gun celebrate yeah sort of shot yeah. Um, but I mean, and I mean, I think that's the key is we've got quite a few Wolves fans in the in the team like Beth, so it meant something to them that so they enjoyed doing those sorts of bits and pieces as well around that game. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it seems like you want a club very much on the up, um, despite last season. It seems to be just going again, um, which makes it a massively difficult task for us at the weekend to come to come over and and cause what would be a pretty big upset I think based on previous results but based on your form your size of your club everything like that um, I'm going to try and get you to say the same predictions as you did on your podcast because I did listen in <laughs> <laughs> so I do know what you said so let's go with predictions you both um, I'll, I'll go first 5-0 to Wolves 5-0 I think that was uh, right I, 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 did, I did actually <laughs> joke I did joke 19 nil, but I, yeah. I, must, I must say it was definitely a joke um, I, yeah, I, said, yes. I said I said 6-0 um, I do think it will be a tricky game. It sounds weird, but I would actually like it to be a bit closer. I yeah. know our management set such high standards and they they were unhappy when we beat Shrewsbury 8-2, I think just because we, we gave them those few chances and weren't fully clinical ourselves. But I would like it to be closer. You know, we always want competitive games and that's what makes the football exciting, isn't it? But 
as long as Wolves win for us, that's the most important bit. Cool. Thanks so much, guys, for joining me. That was that was um, a great insight into into Wolves. I genuinely wish you all the best for the rest of the season, um, whether it be in the cup or not. But gen- but especially the league, just to get that promotion. I, I really want to see you go and go and take your place in the championship now. Um, after speaking to you guys, so thank you so much for coming on. Where can we find you on social media? Um, we're Wolves Women Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, so do tr- give us a follow and, and like and share. Um, Danny, just one thing. You didn't give us your prediction. <laughs> I skipped over that. I'm, I'm going to have to say a Cobblers win, I think. I'm going to have to go for the upset and just sneak a 1-0. Back to the walls. And then the last minute, Alex Dix breakthrough. Scrambled okay. goal. Yeah. I'm going to go 1-0. I'm going to have to back him. I've got to. <laughs> but guys, thanks so much for coming on. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to um, chat with you. And all thanks, the best. Thank you. Uh, Good luck for the rest of the season as well to the yeah, Cobblers. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks very much. And thanks very much for listening, everyone. We'll be back uh, very soon to talk about this game as well as all the other NTFC women's game on our monthly Team Talk podcast all about NTFC women that we'll be recording again very soon. Until then, we'll see you soon. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.